church? How are you doing today? Come on, I said, how are you doing today? Are you excited to be at church today? Come on, anybody excited to be at church? A few people are excited to be at church today. Well, we're going to get into uh, the message here in just a couple of minutes. I want to mention a few things, and then we have something uh, that you're going to want to be a part of today. Don't forget about Next Steps is tonight. If you've never been through Next Steps, it's a great way to uh, find out more about the vision of our church, a little more in-depth uh, a way to figure out how you can get involved, how you can get on a team, how you can begin to serve, how you can uh, get all the information that you need to know uh, what our church is all about. And so that's tonight at 5 o'clock, and we just encourage you, uh, you can show up if you want to. Uh, we encourage you to uh, sign up on, at online at yourimpactchurch.com slash next so that we can be prepared for you. We'll have food for you there and all of that good stuff. And so we can't wait to see you tonight at 5 o'clock. So be there uh, tonight. We're going to have a great time. And then Serve Day, just want to remind you again, as the video announcement said, July 13th, that is just a little less than a couple of weeks away. We're going to be serving all over our community and making the biggest impact that we can make as a church family. And so we encourage you. We want everybody. This is this is one thing that I would encourage if we could get 100% participation participation in this and just have people all over our community serving, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Come on, how many of you, how many of you know that it's important to be the hands and feet of Jesus, not just sit inside four walls, but to go out and make an impact in the community. And so we want you to be a part of that. So next Saturday, we're going to meet right here in this parking lot at eight o'clock in the morning. We'll pray together. Uh, you get a, come on, you get a free t-shirt. Come on, it's just a great day all the way around. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, we're going to serve all over our community. Be sure to go online to yourimpactchurch.com slash serve or on the new church center app. You can get all of the teams on there. Sign up for the team that you want to serve on that day. Well, before we get into part one of our new series, uh, I want to introduce you to some of somebody that you may know or you may not know, uh, but he is going to tell us about a ministry and an opportunity for you as an individual, for us as a church, uh, to be a part of something that I think you're going to want to be a part of. And so will you put your hands together and help me please welcome to the stage Mike Long. Come on, let's welcome him. morning. Uh, what I'm representing this morning is the Lamar County Prayers for Students. Some of you may, I see some uh-huh uh, and some of that too. So I uh, want to make sure that you're aware of this and give you a privilege uh, to join something that uh, I think is uh, of God, uh, originated by God, sustained by God, and to him goes all the glory for this. This started eight years ago with a group of uh, people that were concerned about the apathy and the anger of our young people. Okay, so we met and everything, and I'll, I'll skip a lot of history and everything to tell you that a committee was formed, and we started saying what we can do, we can't do for everyone, but if we'll do for one what we wish we could do for all, then we can change the county. And so this started out with the deal that basically says this. We want to see, we went to, we've gone to churches and to see if you will intercede for one student. If each person takes one student, some have taken more than one, uh, and intercede for that high school student on their journey through high school. Does anybody in here believe that the kids today need prayer? This world that uh, 
My generation has messed up because of our selfishness. Uh, we're having a generation of young people that have to grow up in this. And it's tough. It's tougher than when you grew up. And it's way tougher than when I grew up, okay? And so if there was ever a generation of young people who need prayer, it is today's generation. So we have the opportunity given to us by God to intercede. And the picture that I get for intercession, and I think this is from the, Lord, from the Bible, of course, but to intercede means to stand in the gap, to stand between this high school student who has the need, our Father who has all power and love, and the answer to all needs, and we get to stand in the gap, take the Father by the hand, the student by the hand, and say, Lord, intervene in this child's life. Protect them, lead them, etc. however the Holy Spirit would have you pray about that student. And so this is the opportunity that we have. And so the way the process works, it's very simple. You get a card, okay, if you would like to do this. And by the way, many in this county have because last year at the end of school, we had every senior, every junior, every sophomore, and every freshman in Paris High, North Lamar, and Chisholm. 2,025 students had somebody praying for them. Okay? That's, that's people responding to the tenderness that God puts on their heart. That's what it is, okay? And so we are give you the opportunity to join this. Some of you may already be part of it. Maybe you need another student or yours has graduated or whatever. And so what you do is just simply fill out this card that we'll, ask, we'll pass out in just a moment if you want one, the top part. And if you don't like to put information on there, on cards that you give to bald-headed guys, I understand that, okay? Just put your name. That's all you have to do. And then what we'll do is next week when you come to church, and you will be here next week, we'll give you a card like this. It'll have a student's picture and name and where they go to school, and these will be freshmen. You have the privilege and honor to pray for someone all the way through high school. Will you pray for them every day? I, probably not. I'm sorry. Some of you may. You may be that disciplined. The guy appears not. Some days it's all about me, and I don't think about anybody else. You know, so I don't pray as I should. I pray a lot for my, for old Trevor here, okay, and a couple others. But that's all you have to do, and you turn this in at the end of the service. You can turn it in, and uh, next week you'll have a card with your name on the back of it, and you have a kid to pray for. It's a privilege. I thank gave so much for this opportunity and on behalf of those who will be prayed for now who have possibly nobody praying for them at all you know many of our students if you don't pray for them nobody will so for your response to this whatever that may be I thank you and thank you again Gabe for this privilege
Lucas, if y'all want, if you will just uh, raise your hand if you would like a card. Uh, Lucas and a couple others are handing them out if you would like a card. Thank you again. What an opportunity to be able to stand in the gap for somebody who may not know Jesus yet or is struggling through school uh, to be able to pray for them and encourage them. If you want one of those, just keep your hand up. They're going to make their way around. While they're finishing that, um, we're excited you're here. Come on, look at the person next to you. Say your hair looks good today. Come on, look at it. Tell them, tell them your hair looks good. Your hair looks good. You can be more specific. Glad you curled it. Glad you straightened it. Glad you spiked it up, whatever. <laughs> well, hey, we're, we're glad you're here. We're in the middle of what we call Summer at Impact. And uh, just a few series that we're doing throughout the summer. We just finished a series called Staycation. And today I'm excited because we're beginning a brand new series called What's Next. Come on, somebody say, What's Next? Come on, look at your neighbor, tell them, say, What's Next? And uh, we're going to be talking for about four weeks on our vision as a church, and we're going to kind of dive into this and come at it from another angle. And so I think it's really going to help you. I know it's going to help me even to go through this uh, again as a refresher. Uh, but, but we're glad that you're here, and I want to open up today, um, and we're excited too because in August, come on, anybody remember At the Movies from last year? At the Movies series. We're doing another At the Movies series, and we've already got some movies lined up that we're going to do. Come on. Anybody like Wonder Woman? Anybody like Wonder Woman? Uh, Instant Family. I don't know if you saw Instant Family. That was that was pretty comical. Uh, but we've got about five weeks set aside as we end the summer where we're going to have a series called At the Movies, and we're going to watch some clips and pull out some, some principles that we can apply to our lives. So that's coming up. Uh, we're going to kick that off in August. But what we're going to do in this series is talk about our vision and really discover how you can experience everything that God wants for you. This is all about, these four weeks are all about how you can experience everything that God wants for you. So I encourage you, lean in. you got a notes page somewhere there next to you and a pen. Take notes on this. If you want to pull it up on the Bible app, you can get the notes on the Bible app. If you prefer to take your notes on your phone or a tablet or something like that. But the title of the message today as we jump in is this, Chase the Rabbit. Chase the Rabbit. Chase the Rabbit. Somebody say, Chase the Rabbit. Uh, I really think, I'm excited because I really think this is going to help some people today because I believe that that we're all in a different, uh, maybe in a different season. Some of us have been believers and Christians for a long time or, or for an extended period of time and we're thinking, man, there's got to be more and there is. Maybe, you're, maybe you've been a believer for a little while and you're thinking there's got to be more than what I'm experiencing. There's got to be more than what God wants for me. There's got to be more than what I'm living in right now, or maybe some of you are fairly new Christians and you're wondering, where do I go from here? You know, I gave my life to Jesus six weeks ago and now I don't really know, where do I go from here? I gave my life to Jesus maybe even two years ago. And you're thinking, I really don't even know what the first step is. I don't know where to go from here. I don't know how to, how to walk this thing out. Or maybe there are some of us that are even in the room today that, that we don't believe yet. 
But I believe that, that we were all created in the image of God, and there's something on the inside of you that is looking for God, whether you realize it or not. And I want to try to help you over the next four weeks. There's something in you. Even if you've never received Jesus, you're not too sure about Christianity, you're wondering where, like, what, what is this all about? There's something on the inside of you, and if you were completely honest with yourself, you know you're looking for something because God created you that way. You're created to find God. You're created to find God. And so here's what I know about me and about you. God has a spiritual journey for us to take, and we're all somewhere on that journey. Everybody in here is either at the beginning, somewhere in the middle, somewhere even toward the end of your life. But here's, what, here's another thing that I know about every person in this room. Every person has a next step. Every person in here, nobody has arrived. Every person in here has a next step to take. That's why we call what's going on tonight next steps because it's it's in, it's inviting you into this journey that God has for you. And so between tonight and over the next 4 weeks, hopefully we're going to help you better understand this. And so I want to start today in Proverbs 29:18 and I'm going to read this in three translations. Three different translations so that we can kind of wrap our minds around this verse. But Proverbs 29:18 in the King James version it says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish. Many of you have read this version or you've heard this version before where there is no vision, the people perish. The word vision, just so you can kind of understand it in this original language, it means a revelation or a passion or a dream. Where there is no revelation, where there is no passion, where there is no dream for your life, people perish. People die. And maybe not physically you don't die, but on the inside you die, and you start to say things like this, well, why am I even going to work anymore? Why am I even doing this anymore? That's the sign of somebody who is on the verge of dying on the inside, maybe because there's no revelation, there's no passion, there's no dream, there's no vision in your life. Are you with me? Uh, Proverbs 29, 18 in the NIV says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation... People cast off restraint. In other words, you'll live a crazy life. Where there is no revelation, you'll just do whatever you want to do because it doesn't matter. You'll just go wherever you want to go because it doesn't really affect anybody. You'll just do whatever your heart wants to do because that's how you want to live your life. You'll cast off your hopes. You'll cast off your marriage. You'll cast off your emotions. This is why many people's lives, and maybe even some of you here today, and we're not going to raise our hands on this, but this is why sometimes our lives seem like they're in chaos. Is because there's no revelation. <laughs> there's no vision. There's no passion. There's no dream. There's not anything that you're really living for. And so your life seems like it's in chaos because you're, you've cast off restraint. It says that when you don't have this, people will cast off restraint. And many of us are trying to fix this in our lives. Come on, you've realized that you're not as good as you think you ought to be. You're not doing everything you think you ought to do. And here's how many of us are trying to fix this. We're trying to fix this by stopping casting off restraint. If I can just stop casting off my marriage, then everything will fix itself. If I can stop doing this, then everything will fix itself. I just need to stop casting off restraint, but it doesn't work that way. And if you've tried that for any period of time, you know it doesn't work that way. Because when you try to just cast off restraint and just, I just got to stop doing that thing. Come on, we've talked about this before. Whenever you try to stop doing that thing, that's probably the thing that you'll end up doing. It's about focus. You don't fix something by trying to stop do something. You fix it by having something in your life that is better than the stuff you're doing right now. 
I'm going to say that again because it's that good and maybe you need to write it down. And I know we don't have it on the screen today and I know I'm talking really fast right now and you're wondering why. But you don't try to fix something in your life by stopping doing something. You fix it by having something, or in this case, someone in your life that is better than what you've already been doing. Whenever you get the revelation that if I just have God in my life, he's better than all this other stuff, it will help fix all of these problems and I won't be living in chaos anymore. Won't be living in chaos anymore. Here's, here's Proverbs 29, 18 in the message translation or the message paraphrase. I love how it words it. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. When people can't, when you can't see what God is doing, you stumble all over yourself, don't you? <laughs> Whenever you aren't paying attention to what God is doing in your life or in your coworker's life or in your spouse's life or, or in your church or whatever it is, whenever you're not paying attention and you can't see what God is doing, then you stumble all over yourselves. But it says when they attend to what he reveals, when, when you get a revelation from God, when you get a passion and a dream and a vision from God, those people are most blessed. And the word blessed here, if you're taking notes, it means a contentment in your soul regardless of what's going on around you. Would anybody like that in your life? Just a contentment, just, oh, look what's going on over there. You know, I'm just content in my soul. <laughs> I'm just, just a contentment on the inside of you that is not dictated and not contingent upon what's going on around you. How many of you ever lived your life just contingent upon everything going on around you? Everything going on around you puts you in a bad mood. People are like, why are you in a bad mood? I don't know. It's because I went to work and everybody else is in a bad mood, so now I'm in a bad mood. But you, you've, you want this, this blessing in your life. This word literally means a contentment in your soul regardless of what's going on around you. And so how do we find this contentment or this joy if we want to use that word interchangeably? Psalm 1611 says this says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I want to let you in on a little secret today. Joy does not come from attending church every once in a while. We'll say it to the right side of the room because I don't know if they're paying attention. Joy does not come... <laughs> from attending church every once in a while. If you think because you're showing up to church, well, oh, we just need to get back in church and it's going to fix everything. We just need to get back in church and it's going to take care of all my problems. We just need to get back in church and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be joyful. Attending church every once in a while is not going to fix your problems. It's not going to bring joy in your life. Joy comes from being in the will of God. Joy comes from being in the will, whatever God's will is for your life, it comes from being in the will of God. And that's probably one of the most asked questions by people. And maybe you've asked this, maybe not out loud, but somewhere in your thinking patterns or whatever is, how do I know what God's will is for my life? I feel like I'm just kind of going through life. How do I know God's will for my life? And one of the most frustrating things, maybe it is, it is to me for sure, but maybe it is to you as well, is knowing that people are settling for less than what Jesus paid for. One of the most frustrating things <laughs> is to see people who are settling for less than what Jesus actually paid for. 
So can I ask you this question today? Do we have this? Are you settling for less than what Jesus paid for? If you were to take inventory of your life right now in this moment, before we get into all the rest of the message that I'm going to give you and all these, these points and different things, if, if, if you were to take inventory of your life, would you say, am I, am I settling for less than what Jesus paid for me to have? Am I settling for less than what Jesus paid for me? If Jesus is going to pay such a high price and give his life for me, and then offer me something, wouldn't I want to get it all? If somebody's going to lay down his life because he loves me that much and then offer me life to the full, wouldn't I want to get everything? Would I just want to kind of stick my toe in the water, you know, and just, woo, you know, that was a little bit fun, you know. Wouldn't you want, don't you want everything that Jesus is offering you? When he says, I, I've come to give you life to the full. In fact, here's the passion translation of John 10:10. 10, 10. We quote this a lot around here in our church, but a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come, this is Jesus. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. Look at this translation how it words it. More than you expect, life in its fullness until you what? Overflow. Seems like that was a word for the year. A couple of years ago. Until you overflow. Jesus is offering you the kind of life that will overflow. And many of us are settling for a third of the way full. We're full, <laughs> we're full up to our knees. We're about knee deep in the water. And Jesus says, I want this to overflow in your life. I have so much for you that you are not even tapping into. And so I want to help us in this series to try to figure out how we can tap into everything that God wants for your life. And I know you've heard us quote these things and say these things or whatever, but I want to try to help you understand why it's important, why you need this in your life. And so here's the journey that God wants to take you on, and this is in the lobby, this is on Facebook, this is on the website. You've heard me say this on the stage before. You've heard people talking about this. This is the journey. And I'm going to go through these, and then we're going, to, we're going to break them down one at a time each week. But here's the first thing. Know God. People don't want religion, but everybody wants to know God. Everybody was created by God and has this desire. You're looking for God, whether you realize it or not. You are. You're looking for God. And people, we don't, people don't want to know him. I'm not talking about knowing him in your mind. I'm talking about knowing him in your heart. I'm not talking about, do you go to church somewhere? Yeah. I'm not talking about, do you know God? Yeah. I'm talking about, do you know God in your heart? Not know about him, but actually know him in a relationship type of way. Jesus and Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. If there's nothing else you get from this message today, you need to understand that Jesus and Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's not about what is it's not based on how good you are. It's not based on how many times you come to church although you need to be here. It's not based on whether or not you're in a group although you need to be in one. It's not based on whether or not you've been through next steps although you need to go. It's not based on whether or not you're serving although you need to. It's based on a relationship. Relationship. So so the first the spiritual journey and you have to do these you have to do these in order. 
I don't think it works any other way than if you do them in order. The first thing you've got to have in your life is you've got to know God. You've got to receive God into your life. You've got to know him. This is what 1 Timothy 6.21 says. It says, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Most important thing in life. Some of these people, <laughs> some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. What is it? That they don't know God. It's the first and most important thing that you've got to understand is knowing God. Here's the second thing, second part of our vision, is find freedom. Find freedom. You've got to get over the past. You've got to get over the shame. You've got to get over the secrets and the habits and the addictions. Let's say it this way. You've got to get over the part of you that you know if you could get rid of, you would be better. If, if, if you were just to think about it for a moment and you could think about that one thing or those seven things or those 13 things, I don't know where you're at in your, in your journey, but there's that thing or there are those things in my life. I know if I could get rid of that, I'd be a better person. I know if I could get rid of that, I'd, be, I'd have more joy in my life. I know that you've got to find freedom from those things in your life. And here's what John 8:36 says, in case you were wondering how to find freedom in your life. It says that, so if the Son, who? The Son, talking about Jesus, set you free, you will be free indeed. So if Jesus sets you free, you will be free indeed. The first thing you got to do, you got to know God. Then you got to find freedom. How do you know that when the Israelites came out of Egypt, it was a little bit difficult to get Egypt out of them? They had come out of Egypt. They, they had, you know, if we're going to put it in the New Testament terms, they had entered into a relationship with God, but they still had all the old stuff going on inside of them. They still had all the habits and addictions and problems and issues and all of these things that were going on inside of them. More than anything else, you need Jesus. Here's the third part, is discover purpose. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose. Mark Twain, he said this, the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you discovered why you were born. Two greatest, day, two greatest days of your life, the day you were born and then the day you discovered why you were born. Some of you are walking around and you don't know why you were born. You don't know what God's purpose is for your life. You don't know. You haven't tapped into the gift and the talent and the, the dream and the vision and the revelation that God has for you personally. And so you have cast off restraint. And you are living, you're living in chaos. And you've got all this stuff going on. You're not experiencing everything that God has for your life. You've got to discover your purpose. And I would say if you've been on the search for your purpose and you can't figure out what it is, it might be because you need to go back and find freedom. And here's the reason why. If you don't, if you don't wipe off the smudge of yesterday from your eyes, you can't see what God has for you tomorrow. And some of us are entering into a relationship with God, but we've never found freedom from the stuff in our past. And so we can't see or we can't focus on what is in front of us that God has for us. So you've got to go back. You've got to go back. If you can't figure out what your purpose is and you've been praying, you've been seeking, you've been searching, you might need to go back and say, how do I, what are some areas in my life I need to find some freedom in so that I can be able to see what God wants from me? Are you with me? Galatians 6.4 says, Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. And check this out. And then sink yourself into it. Figure out what God has designed you to do. What God's purpose is for your life. And then sink yourself 
into it. Can I, can I just be honest with you for a moment? There are many of us that our lives are in chaos and we don't really know what God's purpose is. And here's the reason I think that is. It's because we have put everything else in our life as a priority above doing what God said. We have put everything else in a priority. My work's a priority. My marriage is a priority. My kids are a priority. My, 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 my job is a priority. My, my business is a priority. My relationships are a priority. My hobbies are a priority. And if I have time, then I'll, I, I may slip in some Jesus. If I have time, and, and God is saying, listen, all of those things are important, but they only work in your life. If the main thing is the main thing. If you will, I'm telling you, if you'll get this, and we're not going to talk about this one today, so so you can relax a little bit, because I know I'm on a soapbox about this, but if you could under if you could really grasp and get the revelation in your mind that God has a purpose for you, and if you will make the purpose of God the priority in your life, if you will seek God first, all the other things will be added. Everything else that you need, everything, all of the other things will come alongside you whenever you put God's purpose first. Whenever you know him, discover why you were born, what God has put you on this earth to do. You got to discover purpose, and I got to hurry because I got a long way to go. And then the fourth part of our vision is make an impact. And this is where we're going to start today. We're going to do these in reverse order. Make an impact. Why are we doing them in reverse order? Because I think sometimes you need to know where you're going before you discover how to get there. you got to know what the end result is, where you're headed, and then we'll go back and figure out how do you get to the place to where God intends for you to be. I want to read in John chapter 15, a couple of verses in John 15. It says, show that you are my followers by what? Producing much fruit show that you are my followers by producing much fruit can i ask you a question you don't have to raise your hand you don't have to answer out loud i just want you to think about it are you producing fruit is your life producing fruit are you showing that you are following jesus by the fruit that your life is producing do people look at you like wow look at how much fruit they're producing look at everything they're doing for the kingdom look at everything they're doing for god show that you're my followers by producing much fruit this will bring honor to my father And then skipping down to verse 11, he says, I have told you these things so that you can have the true happiness that I have. I want you to be completely happy. Can I tell you where fulfillment comes from? Fulfillment comes from producing much fruit. When you are focused on producing the fruit in your life that God has always intended for you to produce, that's where the joy, that's where the happiness, that's where the fulfillment, all of that comes from. We're searching in reverse order. We're trying to find fulfillment, and then we'll do the thing over here. And God says, no, when you produce fruit, the fulfillment comes. Why? Because you were created to produce fruit. You were not created to make $100,000 a year. I'm all up in your business today because this is so important that you get this. You were not created to make sure that you have all this stuff lined up in your future. And I'm not against money. I'm not against things. I'm not against planning. Come on, somebody. I'm a planner. I'm not against any of those things. But when those things come before what God has called you to do, you'll never, ever, ever, ever find the fulfillment in your life you're looking for. 
Never. You'll never find it. Some of y'all are golf clapping like, I don't know if I can clap right now or not. <laughs> here's, how we could, here's how we could say it about our own lives. Is that my ultimate purpose, come on, some of us, we just need to quote this over our life every single day. My ultimate purpose in life is to make an impact for eternity. You are here to make an impact for eternity. You are not here to work that job. Go to work. Don't leave out of here and be like, well, I went to Impact Church, and they said I can quit my job and just follow up, just trust in God. No, that's not what I said. But God's got to be number one. His purpose has got to be number one. Here's what I think we need to understand is that there is, a, there is a natural gravitational pull in all of us to just do the things that are good for me. Every person in here, nobody is exempt. Every one of you have a natural tendency in you to just do what you want to do. Just do what you want to do and nothing else. And I don't believe that's why you exist and I don't believe that's why our church exists. I don't. I don't. I am passionate about it. You don't exist for you. We don't exist for this building. There is so much more that God has called you and called us to do that we've got to tap into. So much more. I'm talking about making an impact. John 17, 18. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture today, but I want you to get this. I'm hoping that maybe some of these scriptures will get in your heart today and you will understand that I need this in my life. This is what I was made for. It says this, John 17, 18. In the same way you gave me a mission, this is Jesus in the world, I give them a mission in the world. Jesus is talking to the Father he says, in the same way that you gave me a mission and something to fulfill while I was here, I'm giving them something. In the same way that you gave me an assignment, you gave me a purpose, you gave me a dream, you gave me a passion, you gave all this to me, I'm giving it to them now. I'm giving it to people who are still going to be living here in 2019. I'm giving them a purpose. I'm giving them a, I'm giving them a dream. I'm giving them a mission. You've been given a mission by Jesus. Ephesians 2:10 says that God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works, which God planned, check this out, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. God did not wait for you to be born and think like, "Ooh, I wonder what we could have them do." God saw you before you were ever born. And said, I need them in the world, and this is what their purpose is going to be. And too many of us are living a life that is less than what Jesus paid for you to live. And we have got to wrap our minds around this. I came across this, this story. This has been several years ago. It was in a Florida newspaper. And there was this Greyhound dog track. Now, I've never been to a horse track. I've never been to a dog track. I didn't even know the dog tracks existed. But I found this interesting, and it's going to prove my point. And so, uh, so I'm going to use it. Is that all right? So there was, there was this dog track. And what they would do is they would line the dogs up, and the way that they would get the dogs to run around the track, come on, how many of you know that you just can't, like, you know, if you get on a horse, if you're at the horse track, there's somebody on the horse's back that's making them run, that's prodding them along, that's, that's keeping them going. If you just let some dogs go, 
You don't know what's going to happen. So what they would do is on the inside of the track, there would be this rail, and they would release a rabbit on the inside of this track. They would release a rabbit, and this mechanical rabbit, not even a real rabbit, mechanical rabbit, they would be going around this track, and when they would release the dogs, the dogs would be chasing that rabbit. I mean, just, just as fast as they could get around chasing that rabbit. Well, there was one instance that made this newspaper to where they released the mechanical rabbit, and the mechanical rabbit malfunctioned and exploded. Can you imagine being there, just here to enjoy some dog racing? Here goes the rabbit, poof, explosion. And they, they were talking about it in this article. They said that, that some of the dogs, I mean, they just all, like, nobody knew what to do. The rabbit exploded, and some dogs just laid down and took a nap. <laughs> well, I guess that's over. <laughs> Rabbit exploded, and some dogs kept on running and just went off track and ran through a fence and actually broke some of their ribs. And then other dogs, whenever the rabbit exploded, they just turned and looked at the audience and started barking at everybody in the stands. And I thought, what a great picture of the human race (laughs) when you don't have something that you're chasing after. Many of us will lay down and take a nap, will hurt ourselves, or we'll bark at everybody else around us. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say it again because I don't know if you got it. <laughs> when you don't have something that you're chasing after, when you don't have a rabbit in your life that you're running after, you'll lay down and take a nap. You'll end up hurting yourself. Your life will be in chaos. Or you'll bark at everybody else in your life because you're not chasing after what God has always intended for you to chase after. You got to chase the rabbit. Chase the rabbit. Somebody say, chase the rabbit. So I want to give you, for the next few minutes, I just want to give you uh, what I believe the rabbit that you should be chasing or that we should be chasing, the focus, uh, where our focus should be in our lives, what we should focus on. And, and I want to read Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and it says this. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to break down these three things really quickly that define what I believe is the rabbit that God wants you to chase in this this part of our vision, this make an impact part of our vision that you need in your life. You need this in your life. I'm telling you, you can try it any other way you want to do it, but you'll never find it. You'll never find it until you do it God's way. It'll never happen for you until you do it God's way. So making an impact. Uh, Here's number one, breaking down these three things. Jerusalem, make an impact in my world. I'm called to make an impact in my world. You and I have a responsibility to our family. We have a responsibility to our friends. We have a responsibility to our coworkers. We have a responsibility to our church. I believe that even for me, uh, you could even say my greatest responsibility is to you. Before anybody else, it's to you. It's to create environments for, for your kids to, to know God and find freedom, to discover purpose and make an impact. It's to create opportunities and worship experience where you can come and encounter the presence of God. It's, it's making an impact in my world in the people that are closest to me. It's my wife. It's my kids. It's the people that I work with. It's the people that I'm around on a daily basis in my world. Our first call, I believe, even as a church, is to Paris, Texas. That's why God planted us here. There's a reason why we're here. 
There's a reason why we're here. There's a reason why you're in this church. There's a reason why God has the calling on your life that he has on your life. It's so that it can be used to make an impact in reaching people for Jesus in our city. Mark 5, 19, Jesus has just, just set this man free, and he's wanting to go with Jesus. And it says, but Jesus would not let him. And here's what Jesus said. He said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. The first place you got to go is you got to go home. You got you to gotta go to the people that are closest in your life, the people that you're in relationship with in your life. That is your first responsibility. That is the order that, that, that God put this in his word. Jerusalem is first. It's the people that are closest to you. And you got to tell the difference that God has made in your life. The, the, the best witness that you can ever have is to just tell people what God did for you. Just tell people what God did for you. Don't, don't, go, don't go tell people, you know, like, you know, turn or burn. That's not effective. <laughs> That's not effective. But when somebody can understand what God has done in your life, then they start to think maybe God can do that in my life. You got to tell your story. Tell your story. So to the people closest to you in your world. But we can't stop there. Here's number two. Judea and Samaria, you got to make an impact beyond my world, beyond my world. This is the fact that you and I have a responsibility to people with a different story than you have. You have a responsibility to people with a different set of circumstances. You have a responsibility to people with a different social status. You have a responsibility to the people, check this out, who don't agree with you. We have a responsibility to the people who don't agree with us beyond our world 1 Corinthians 9:22 whatever a person is like i try to find common ground with him so that he will let me this is why so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him paul says here's what i do no matter what a person is like, no matter who, they, no matter what their social status is, no matter if it's male or female, no matter no matter how I've come in contact with them, no matter how they were born, no matter no matter what their history is or their past is or where they're going or what they're doing in life, here's what I try to do. I try to find common ground, and here's the reason why I try to find common ground with the people that I encounter. It's so that hopefully they will let me tell them about Jesus and what he did for me and that they will let him save them. Finding common ground with people. We have a responsibility to people who don't see things the way that we see things. The best way to find common ground with people, I believe, is to find out where they hurt and help them. When was the last time that you found where somebody was hurting and helped them? If you want to find common ground with somebody in a hurry, figure out what they need and help them. Figure out where they're hurting in their life and help them. And you'll find some common ground really quick. Some common ground really quick. Here's what Galatians 6.2 says. says, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. We have a responsibility to, to people who are not like us. To people who aren't in our inner circle. To people who don't go to church here. To people who are in the community that live somewhere else other than where we live. We have a responsibility to those people, but it doesn't stop there. Here's number three. Talking about making an impact. Number three is the whole world. We've got to make an impact in the whole world. I want to bring the worship team back up. 
Come on, we have a responsibility for the 27 million women and children who are in human trafficking. I'm going to say it again because sometimes we have a tendency to get so consumed with what I need and what I want that we forget about what's going on in the world. And Jesus said, you've got your first responsibility is to those closest to you. Then you've got to branch out outside of your little world and your little circle and the people that might be a little bit different for you or live somewhere else different or whatever. And then the third thing that you need to do that you're called to do and make an impact is to make an impact in the whole world. And there are people in the world that are suffering from things that you're not having to deal with. And, and, and what I believe that God was asking asking me, well, the, the people, we have a responsibility to the people who have never seen a Bible in their language. To people that we don't even think about on a regular basis. All over the world, the people that are in Jamaica that, that we're going next month here in just a few weeks, that we're going to spend a week there ministering and, and helping and renovating and doing these things so that they can reach people for Jesus. We've got a responsibility to them. Because he said, go into the whole world. And I know that we can't all physically go everywhere in the world, but you can. You have a part to play in how, how people are reached all over the world. You do. Mark 16, 15. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to who? Everyone. Everyone. Go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. So here's the question that God has been asking me and that I'm going to ask you today. And then I'm going to pray for us and we're going to sing and we're going to get out of here. Simple question, three words. Do you care? Because <laughs> I feel like we got to start with this. In light of everything that we've just seen that Jesus has, has called us to do, has told us to do, and that the fact we've read it in the Word of God that you need this in your life, and your life is just going to be in, in all different directions until you align it with God's purpose for you. And part of His purpose for you is to do this right here. So my question today that you need to wrestle with and that I need to wrestle with is, do you care? Do you care? Because it's easy. Come on, we live in the United States of America. We live in the Bible Belt. It's easy to get caught up in my own world and my own stuff. And not. And I'm not going to help anybody else out. I'm not even, and it's not because I don't want to. It's because I'm not even thinking that direction. We've got to change our thought patterns. Because the reason you were created was to make an impact for eternity. That's the reason. We all have an individual purpose, but we all have this one in common. That every person in this room was designed and created and made to make an impact for eternity. So the question is, that I believe God is asking every one of us in this room is, do you care? And I'm telling you, in, in 13 days, we have an opportunity to do the first thing on serve day. Is to go into our city and into our communities and into these nonprofits and into these homes and these yards and all of these things that we're going to be doing and make an impact for eternity. I believe that there are going to be conversations that are had because of what we're doing. There are going to be people that are going to begin to wonder, man, is this what God is really like? Does God love me enough that he would send somebody to mow my yard? 
Maybe God loves me enough that he would send, I'm trying to start this thing up or we're trying to start something new. And, and maybe God loves me enough that he would send a group of people to help on this day. May, just maybe God is aligning things so that people can come to know him through simple acts of service. And I'm just going to tell you, you're going to get hot and you're going to get sweaty and you're going to stink and you're going to know the person next to you better than you've ever known them in your entire life on this day. But there is nothing. It's, it's our first call. We're called to make an impact in the lives of the people that are right here. Right here. Will you stand to your feet today? Real fulfillment doesn't come from the accumulation of things. It comes from knowing when you're making an impact. And some of us need to declare this over our lives today. And I know that some of you don't, maybe you don't struggle with money and you don't struggle with material things or whatever, but I believe there are some of us that do. And some of us need to make this declaration. And you could probably fill in the blank with whatever you wanted to, but I'm going to leave you with this and then we're going to pray together. Is that I will never be satisfied making a dollar when my purpose is to make an impact. I'll never be satisfied doing that when my purpose is to make an impact. I'll never find true fulfillment doing that thing when my purpose is to do this. I'll never find fulfillment in being selfish when my purpose is to do things for others. To serve God by serving others. That's why you were made. It's why you were made. It's not going to be found anywhere else. It's only found in doing it God's way. Doing it God's way. God, I thank you today. Lord, that you are teaching us your way. God, that you are enlightening us on how we can find true joy and true happiness and true peace and true purpose and true fulfillment in our lives. And God, I pray as we go through this series, I want to bring our prayer team down. I pray as we go through this series, Lord, that you would do that you would make a shift on the inside of every person here. Lord, that we wouldn't miss a single week, that we're going to be here every single week, and we're going to commit to know what it is that God has called me to do. I'm going to be committed to know what it is to what God has called this church to and what God has called me to as an individual. And so, God, I thank you in advance for everything that you're about to do for everything that you're about to do. I believe that you're setting us up to, to, to truly make an impact in our world, beyond our world, and in the whole world. And God, I pray right now, if there's any person, as we begin to sing this last song, if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, Lord, that they would step out of their seat, that you would draw them, Holy Spirit, right now, just draw every person who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.